Cool. Well, good morning uh, to all these online and the studio audience. And I want to welcome you to the Best Day Kitchen in this series of episodes, which is how to bake up a better, bitter, free life while learning how to bake Heidi's incredible Mexican chocolate cake. It is the best cake. One day you'll get to try it, I promise you. In fact, if you hang around for all seven episodes, you'll get not only the complete recipe one week at a time, but you get an opportunity to win this incredible KitchenAid mixer. Yeah, it's really cool. So um, last episode, in episode one, what we just did is we just stopped and took a couple volunteers and we kind of just looked at the ingredients. And we found out that pretty much all of the ingredients that go into cake taste like, right, on their own. They're bitter, they're harsh, they're bland, they cake up your mouth, they just don't work at all, right? Okay, so we figured that out, and now we're going to head towards this episode. But before you do, we also last week saw that a lot of the ingredients, a lot of the things that fix our individual lives, okay, don't worry about it, okay, our whole production team is on the road headed to a conference. And so we're running Skeleton Crude. We got this, okay? Good? Give them a round of applause because they made it this far. All right. We have all kinds of people all over the place. You guys know we take this show on the road all next week. So you guys are doing great. We got this, okay? So um, we saw last week that in our own lives too, when we're trying to deal with bitterness, that there are certain ingredients that come along the way, Right? And they're ingredients that God gives us, grace and peace. These are like gifts from God. This is not something we generate. They're gifts from God. And they come out of a healthy relationship with him. So this week, as we take a look at Heidi's chocolate cake, we're going to look at the mixing and science of a chocolate cake. And I don't know if you've ever realized this or not, but anybody can grill, right? That's why men do it. And then, uh, and then you can cook, and cooking is one thing. But when it comes to baking, baking is a science. It's not even an art. It is literal science, just a science. So when you see all those measuring those things out in grams or, or whatever they're supposed to be, if you don't do that exactly the way that the science is put together, then you will not end up with a good end product. And so today we're going to look at the science of all the ingredients that go into Heidi's chocolate cake. Hopefully have some fun. I know I'm going to. And then we're going to talk about kind of the science or the how-to when it comes to mixing up the ingredients for a better, bitter-free Life. All right, I need two volunteers who can, uh, two volunteers you can measure. Jack, and who else? All right, Deborah, come on, let's go. Let's go, hurry, hurry. They got, they got aprons for you, and so we're gonna see how this goes. This is gonna be fun. Um, what our volunteers are gonna do today is they're gonna have one of them kind of work on the dry ingredients as we talk about the science, and the other in the wet ingredients, and we're gonna get to mixing. We're gonna, we have our oven already preheated, and we're gonna get that cake in. However, you will not get to taste that cake this week because it has to cook for an entire week, right? So we will be uh, having an opportunity to taste some of the cake next week. All right, you ready, guys? All right, good. Come on. Good. So let's welcome Jack and Adeline Deborah, whichever one you want. Good? All right, you're going to do, do dry ingredients, and you, my friend, good. are going to do the wet ingredients. Say hi. Give them a round of applause. Come on. Yeah, good. Now, 
After seeing last week's episode, um, you're hoping you don't have to do anything they did, right? Yes, because they tasted everything from baking powder to baking soda to cocoa. It's true. All right, your first task, if you're looking at this recipe, is going to be to grease the pan. So your pan's back there, and there's some grease somewhere back there. So, um, or somewhere, here it is. This, so this is, yeah, so I just want to tell you this, okay? So... You remember last week we said you want to be in the right kitchen with the right chef, the best chef possible? So our kitchen has totally failed. And I just want to tell you in the studio audience, don't ever do what he's getting ready to do. Go buy lard or Crisco when you grease your pan. Okay, so we could have faked it. This is a great teaching moment. When somebody out there in the world gives you just a crappy ingredient, sometimes you have to use it. But next week we'll use Crisco. You ready? Okay, so use that to grease your pan. And then once you do, I want you to start mixing the wet ingredients. And so you have them right here, okay? Because you're gonna need to, to get those eggs and that milk and everything going for like three or four minutes, okay? Yeah, well, yeah, you're gonna use this. Okay, this, yeah. this is a mixer. Yep. <laughs> I don't cook often, Doug. Well, we're not cooking, we're, we're baking, but it's okay, you're good. Baking. Yeah, you're good, okay. I'm going to get you started. Okay, good. All right, good. And what I need you to do is sift together the dry ingredients. And so here's your recipe right here. You need to measure it out exactly like that. And you, you go up to here. All this. Got? You ready? Okay, so you guys, this is good? All right, I'm going to put this back here. It'll be ready for our thing. Now, yes, that's a sifter. Okay, so um, here, this is a bowl. <laughs> We're going to, you left-handed or right-handed? Right-handed. All right, there you go. So what you're going to do, set that in there and measure your ingredients into there. Got it? You sure? You positive? Are you the least bit nervous? No? If I keep staring at you, will you be nervous? Okay. All right. Good. All right. So what I do is let's just talk about the dry ingredients first because I find this fascinating. So... Um, when you, when you start looking at the dry ingredients, probably the first one that everybody thinks of when you think of a cake is sugar, right? And when you think that you put sugar into a cake, you think the reason you put sugar into a cake is why? To sweeten it. And you're actually kind of right and you're kind of wrong. Believe it or not. There's actually science that goes in be, way beyond just the sweetness that sugar has. Sugar does a couple really, really super important things. Number one, your cake would never be brown. It would never caramelize. It would never crust if you didn't have sugar. That's one of the ingredients that causes that caramelization or that brown to come and and actually very important to the outer structure of your cake. The other thing that sugar does, those crystals, when they're combined with the egg and the oil, actually create a structure that begins to catch air bubbles. So you're gonna see in a minute, we're gonna talk about the wet ingredients. As we mix the wet ingredients over here, what's gonna happen is as they're mixing for four or five minutes, they're gonna aerate or get air bubbles in them. And when you put the sugar in with it, it's going to create, begin to create a structure to capture those air bubbles. Another thing that sugar does when it goes into a cake is it just absolutely interacts with all of the other ingredients to just do that little bit of sweetening effect, okay? The other dry ingredients that she's putting in, she's putting in like all-purpose flour. And do you guys know what flour does in a cake? No. Does anybody know the word gluten? Anybody against gluten? All right, good. So the people are against gluten. All your cakes are structureless. They're flat and they're yicky. They're, they're, They're like bricks that have been soaked in water. 
And the reason is, is because the flour actually creates these protein strands called gluten that actually form the structure of our cake. So as it, are you okay? You don't have a what? See, here, look at this. So this is one quarter. Three of them will make, yeah, you're good. Here you go. Um, public school? <laughs> It'd be great if right now she said no homeschool. <laughs> Busted, mom and dad. All right, so, um, but it forms these, these glutens and these protein chains that actually create that structure for the cake. So as we get air bubbles and we trap the air bubbles, we need a framework, as it were, a superstructure to keep that whole cake together. And the, but the question is, like, how do you get, do you know how you get air bubbles? Don't, don't say it. Okay, the way you get air bubbles, are you ready to start mixing? I, I think so, yeah. Well, I need a cup of boiling milk. Uh, yeah, no, you don't have that. So you need two cups of milk. Two cups, of, yeah, just put an extra cup of milk in. Right. You're good. All right, so, you good? You sure? What? It's really loud. It's It's okay. Are you sure? Did you put all of the dry ingredients in? Yeah, so can I tell you something about using a sifter? Okay, so we need to put all of them in so that they all get mixed up. If you put them in a piece at a time, they won't all get mixed up. So dump the rest in there, and then I'll show you how to do it. Got it? Cool. Now, you notice what we're talking about is some of the science and the method here. And, and you get this, right? When it comes to the dry ingredients, if we don't sift them all at the same time, what's gonna happen? They won't be, right, you got it. They won't be evenly distributed. And that's really important when it comes to things like cocoa and really important when it comes to baking powder and baking soda. So we talked about flour, right? But one of the ways we get air bubbles is by baking powder and baking soda. And does, does anybody know the difference between baking powder and baking soda? Has anybody ever wondered why do we put both of these in a chocolate cake? Like, you do it in brownies, right? You do it in cupcakes all the time. Let me tell you, so baking powder is actually baking soda with a very safe acid added to it. And what it does, most baking powders are what we call double acting. So what happens is as soon as we add these to the wet ingredients, what's gonna happen is it's gonna start making CO2. So you're already gonna have air bubbles in here, right? But then we're gonna start creating CO2, and that egg and the sugar are gonna start trapping those bubbles. So that's step one. So baking powder does most of the work on the leavening of a cake, okay? But they're double acting, which means as soon as we add liquid, it's gonna start. And then when we shove it in our oven, which is why we preheat our oven, because we wanna take advantage of the heat right away. Because double acting baking powder will start a whole nother generation of CO2 and air bubbles when the heat is applied. Does that make sense? Okay, cool. All right, so baking soda, on the other hand, is not doing much leavening. What it's doing is it's counteracting the acid in the cocoa because cocoa on its own is like, bleh. But cocoa with baking soda, it, 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 it starts to neutralize that acid and the acid in the other ingredients. So it's literally a science. Are you good? Um, the baking powder? He stole it from you. Here you go. All right. Okay. That's all. She needs salt. You need salt too, he says. <laughs> She's like, you good? Yeah. You almost there? Okay, we'll get you started. All right. You're good? Yep. Let's go for medium right here. All right. We'll go to medium. Now, what's your job? Uh, watch it. Yeah, just stand here and look pretty. No. Yeah. 
You good? Supervise it. You supervise it? You know. That's kind of how you supervise Rebecca when she cleans the house? No. No? Okay. All right. Good. All right. So... So they, you know, you have all these other little ingredients that are going to go in, vanilla, right? And the cocoa, mainly for just flavor. You have those kind of things that are going to go in. You now know about the baking soda, you know about the baking powder, and you know about the flour. And so what happens is now, as we begin to mix these wet ingredients, they're going to aerate. You good, sweetie? All right, cool. So they're going to aerate a bit. And as, as we need those, you ready? What do you got left? Baking soda, soda and salt. Jack will measure your salt out for you. All right, cool. Again, I feel sorry for you because who does this? What, what would you ever do with this much baking soda? So let's just try a little trick. We'll just cheat here, put a little bit. And see, in a kitchen, you don't really have to worry about making a mess. All right, now just get a little bit of that because we'll just clean later. There you go. All right, Jack, you got salt? No, we have to put it over here for her. Awesome. All right, we'll get those sifted together. All right, you good? Awesome. And then what we're going to do, because we want to get them all, hold this over that, you ready? And then what we'll do is we'll just reset them. Start spinning. Go. By the way, don't feel bad. This is, this is probably the most rusty, antiquated sifter I've ever seen on the entire, thank you, Jack. It's, in, it's now a team effort. Trying to keep it centered over the bowl. Yeah, we're good. All right. She's on the home stretch. Is it? If you were going to give a review for this, like an online review for this piece of equipment, what, one star, two stars? Zero stars? It sucks. I would agree. All right, good job, good job. All right, let's hear it for Adeline. She made it. All right, so I don't know if the overhead cams work or not because we have all kinds of text problems. But if you can see this right now, you can see the sugar. Everything's glistening. Everything is totally. So what you're going to do is just dump this all in, right? Okay. No, <laughs> you're not. You're going to tip it in just a little at a time. Just do a little at a time. Just use your hand. Yeah. There you go. You good? Yep. All right. I'm... Let's just watch him. Is this what it felt like when we were watching you, I think? Yeah? All right, we're almost there. How about you take this? Are you doing good? Got it. It's starting to look like cake batter, isn't it? It is. Have you ever seen cake batter? This is the first time. Ever? It's crazy. <laughs> the first time ever that you've ever seen cake batter. I mean, yeah? if you want to make a big deal out of it, then no. <laughs> Sure, I've seen it before. <laughs> you have? Oh, you were just going for the line? Yeah. It's kind of a dangerous place to lie. It's like the best day kitchen. It's like God's kitchen. I didn't know you said lie. Lie? I was oh. definitely not doing that. Okay. <laughs> All right, so here's what we got now. We have this incredible um, chocolate cake. There's a lever. There you go. 
And you have a pan. Here you go, you guys. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Hold this. It pops out. There you go. Awesome. There you go. And we have a spatula. So, Jack, you have seen. We, I have. Yeah. We, 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 do, we do have a spatula. Here you go. You ready? Let's get all that out of there. So, um, just, Adeline, just in case you wanted to know, um, if we were doing this in the best kitchen ever, we would have made sure all this gets mixed in. Do you see what I'm saying? But this is going to do for today. And we're good. Got it? Okay, we'll put it in the oven right here. And it's already set. And we're good to go. And they have now made Heidi's chocolate cake batter. Thanks, guys. And just, just to clarify, Jack has seen cake batter before. Have you ever made a cake before? No. No? All right. We're going to have to get you back up here. You'll become a professional. Have you made cakes? Mm-hmm. You have? Like two or three. Two or three? Have you ever used a sifter before? No. <laughs> How'd your cakes turn out? Oh, you whisked it with a fork, which you could also do if you do a lot of whisking. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for helping, and off you go. All right. All right. So, so we have all this science that's going on, right? We have all this science that's going on with this, these baking sodas, baking powders, and, and everything else. And, and it really is funny to, to me as well, because when you call a volunteer to come up into your kitchen, to sit under the lights with a camera rolling, to all of a sudden do this, everything changes. What, what might feel very safe in your own kitchen, right? Um, nobody knows, nobody's watching, you can make mistakes. You would never buy this. Um, with, with all those things are taken out of the mix, your baking experience, even if it's your very first one, can be a whole lot easier. Or at least it can feel easier, right? There's no pressure of time. There's no Doug messing with you. There's no studio audience. And so I just want to reiterate one of the things we talked about from last week, which is this. When you're trying to bake up a better, bitter-free life, um, probably the place to start is not in front of a group of people. Now, I'm not saying that at some point you won't share or get help from people, because we're going to see that you actually do. But it's better to be in maybe a safer space, a safer kitchen. The argument last week was that since God's the one who supplies the ingredient of grace and the ingredient of peace, that in that healthy relationship with him, we end up in the right kitchen. We end up in the right kitchen with a very patient chef who knows we don't have any clue what we're doing, who is very forgiving and very teaching. And so we don't wanna miss those steps from last week, that the ingredients that God provides are grace and peace, And in his kitchen, in a healthy relationship, he says what we saw in that verse from last week. And it's not going to be on the screen, but let me just remind you of it. It's just Romans 8, 28, which said what? God works all things, bitter and sweet, tough and easy, hard and simple. God takes all things and works them together for good, for better, for those that love him. 
So if you love God, the one thing you can be sure of is that you can trust him, right, to take bitter and use it for better. We're, we're gonna face things like this. We're gonna face challenges. We're gonna face moments. We're gonna face abandonment. We're gonna face deceit. We're gonna face just bitter things from our past, maybe from our childhood, maybe from things, ways we've been treated or deceitfulness. And we're gonna face those. But, but the people who've gone throughout history before us are no strangers. So when it comes to baking up the Heidi's chocolate cake, we have this incredible recipe that tells us every single step, and we have fun research that tells us all the science. When it comes to baking up a better, bitter-free life, in this series, we're taking a look at the short letter that was written from Paul, an incredible Christian, to Philemon, who was also an incredible Christian. But he was facing a very tough situation. One of his servants had run off, had done him wrong, had just totally lied and abandoned him. It's hilarious. The guy's name was Onesimus. But Onesimus, of course, as fate would have it, ran into Paul, this incredible evangelist, Christian, love God, and he wins Onesimus to Christ. So now Onesimus, like you and I, he's a Christian. He's forgiven. He knows he needs to do what's right. So Onesimus is headed back. And what's happening here is that Paul's getting ready to send Onesimus back going like, dude, you got to go home and make this right. You have to go home and you have to make this right. But he's sending him with a letter, a letter to Philemon so that Philemon can maybe avoid a bitter conflict. Maybe Philemon can learn how to handle this to grow in his leadership. And I think we could all use a good dose of that. So here are the verses we're looking at from Philemon this week. This is what Paul writes to Philemon about this whole situation. And notice, look for this. He tells him how to do it, just like we're talking about how to mix, not the ingredients, but the how-tos. I always thank God when I pray for you, Philemon, because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus, your love for all of God's people, and I keep praying that you put into action, I love this, that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things that we have in Christ. Did you get that? So we have all this good in Christ. And what he's telling Philemon is to be generous. Your love has given me much joy and comfort. And your kindness has often refreshed others of God's people. So what's he saying? What he's saying is this. I need you what? To act out generosity. I need you to live generosity. I need you to live love. And I need you to live kindness. Interestingly enough, when Paul was writing another set of believers and encouraging them, and they lived in this place called Ephesus, he wrote to them in another letter, and this is what he said. Get rid of all bitterness, all anger, all harsh words, all slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, It's a super important word, right? So we all know we're not supposed to be this, but here's the recipe. Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ Jesus, forgave you. Did you see it? So now he's given us how-tos. If we have the ingredients of what? Peace and grace given to us by God, and we have a solid relationship with this master chef God, now he's saying this. Because of that relationship with those ingredients, go do this. A lot of times we hear things like this, be kind, love, and forgive. 
right? But we think of those as ingredients, right? In other words, if you want to solve bitterness, you need kindness. If you want to solve bitterness, you need love. If you want to solve bitterness, you need forgiveness. Those are things. But the way that Paul frames them and the way that these work in our life is their methods. They're things and actions that we have to take. In other words, I be kind. I extend kindness. I be kind. And I love and, and, it all, and when you're solving a bitter situation, it has to be love unconditionally. And I forgive. These are like the how-tos. And, and, and when Paul's saying this in the letter, and he's writing, he's, he's, he's leaning in on Philemon. He's saying, you already are kind. Keep being kind. So it's not something foreign. This isn't like a new instruction. I've already seen you be kind, so keep being kind. This is gonna be very important in a minute. And he says what? I've already seen you love. I've been blessed by your love. So do what? Keep loving, right? I've seen you forgive, and I know you've been forgiven. So stay humble and what? Keep forgiving. But none of these, none of these are new. None of these are new at all, okay? So in week one, Mike, in week one, when we were looking at this, we saw grace and peace and a solid relationship with God. Now what we're seeing is this. What I need to do with that is to look at the person or the situation that's causing bitterness, that's causing stress, that's causing strife. And what I do, regardless of what anybody does, what I can choose to do is to be kind. Because kindness is the antidote to bitterness. You say, no, I mean, they still are wrong. It doesn't matter if they're wrong. The key is for you to bake up a better, bitter free life. And in order to do that, you need to embrace kindness. It's this thing Jesus said about loving our enemies. And it, it doesn't make sense at all, but it makes perfect spiritual sense. It just doesn't make physical sense, but it makes great spiritual sense. So Philemon is instructed to do this, be kind, to love, and to forgive. In other words, if we take that same recipe, then we need to be kind, right? Even to the people who are still wrong. Anybody have anybody who wronged you? And they're still wrong, they've never fixed it. So we need to be kind, even when they're still wrong. And definitely we need to be kind if they come back and want to fix it. So we need to love even when they're still wrong. Even when they aren't acting loving, even when they don't care, I somehow need to what? Extend love. How do you do that? And the same with forgiveness. I need to what? Forgive. It's a verb. I need to act out this method. I need to do this method if I'm going to live better free. Because if I don't forgive, what's going to happen? Everybody knows the answer to that. If I don't forgive somebody, even if they never ask for it, if I don't settle this in my life, what's going to happen? I'm going to become the bitter person. They may have started the bitterness, but if I don't forgive, number one, they don't care. Bitterness kills who? The one who holds it, right? So they may have started it, but if I hold the bitterness, I'm gonna become the very thing that I don't like. So I have to be able to let go. So the question is like, how do you do that? Okay, so number one, how do you do this? If, if you've ever experienced God's what? 
kindness. If you've ever experienced his love, and if you've ever experienced his forgiveness, then you already know how to do this. How did he do it? Well, I mean, we just did Easter, right? So he gave his life to forgive our sins, what? Romans 5, 8 says, when we are yet sinners. In other words, when I was wrong, in fact, long before I was ever born, long before ever I chose to do wrong, he gave his life to forgive me. I love that song, I'm loved, I'm loved by you. You don't have any shame or disappointment in your eyes. He he loves us. He settled the matter. He's okay with it. What did he say? You guys are schmoes. (laughs) You're schmoes. And I, I just accept that. See, that's that same thing. So how do we do this? We we just look and go, I mean, if they're still schmoes, they're schmoes, they're wrong. Okay. Well, that's not gonna change. But what I can do is be kind to them. And I can, what? Extend love to them. And I can, what? Forgive them. Even though they don't deserve it, I can make a choice to say to them, you owe me nothing. I'm good. I'm going on with life. I'm good. If ever you want to come back, you are already forgiven. I would love to love you, and I will always be kind to you. And you're like, crazy, what? Well, there are cases where the offense is dangerous. There are boundaries. We're going to talk about that later in this series, okay? A couple episodes away. We're going to talk about the boundaries that need to be in place because sometimes you don't need to expose yourself to somebody who is what? Dangerous, et cetera, one of those bitter. However... You can still be kind to them by not talking bad about them. You can still be kind to them by doing whatever is within the boundaries to show them the kind of life they could have if they could get over their schmoness. Isn't that what Jesus did? You can what? Love them. You can love somebody from, they don't have to know you love them. You can choose to love them the way Christ loved us, right? In other words, y'all are schmoes, but I love you and I'm hoping the best for you. This happened on my porch this morning. It's funny because I'm working on this whole series and I get to lead this whole cooking lesson. But in my own life, I need this series right now. I didn't think I did. But as I pray and as I prepare and as I'm looking at all this, I realize that I have a, a, a bit of a forgiveness issue. In other words, I, I do. Somebody did me really wrong. And I, and I do hope the best for them. But every once in a while, like this morning on my porch, Something came up and I was like, well, they'll get there. That's not forgiveness. That's not. Do you see? But how do I do this? I do this the same way that God did this for me. When do I do it? When do you be kind? Long before they ever ask for it. You know, if you're within the boundaries and somebody's just a jerk at work or somebody's just a jerk at home, you can, until they're ready, you can still be kind to them. In fact, kindness often kills the whole thing. It's right. <laughs> Kindness really can solve a lot. Instead of fighting, instead of going after them, you go, well, they're a schmo. I've been a schmo. They're a schmo. God's loved me. I can love them. I can be kind to them. I could even forgive them. In Jesus's words, what? Forgive them for they know not what they do. Well, what if they really do know what they're doing? Well, then they're just a jerk. Forgive them anyway. But most people don't really understand that they're being a jerk when they're being a jerk. And even if they're being intentionally malicious, even if they're intentionally mean, they still don't understand the consequences of that. I think that's why Jesus could have hung on that cross and said, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. In the big scope of things, they may know what they're doing right here, but they don't understand how they're offending love. Because all we need is love. We need God's love. And they were offending God's love. And so when people are schmoes, when they're jerks to you, when they create bitterness in our lives, or when we do that, 
We're offending this grand scheme of love. And I don't think if we really understood the consequence that we would do that. Anyway, think about the person or the situation that's made you bitter. They probably weren't kind to you. They probably weren't loving. And they probably aren't forgiving. Yes, right? Okay, so if you want the antidote to that, then your method needs to be what? Take grace and peace and this cool relationship you have with God and do what? Counteract it by being kind, by loving, and by forgiving. It's so simple, I feel like we wasted a whole episode. But it's amazingly duh, but we don't think about it. Just do the opposite of bitter and you'll end up with a better, bitter, free life. So the tagline from week one, from episode one, was what? Trust God, right, to use bitter for better for you and all those around you. And the tagline then for this week would just be very obvious, which is be kind, love, and forgive. And we've already said this, just like Paul said to Philemon, you guys know how to be kind, to love, and forgive. Has anybody ever shown you kindness? Yes? Then you know how to show kindness. Have you ever been kind to somebody else? Then you know how to be kind. How do you do that when it's an enemy or a bitter situation or hard thing? The exact same way. You just do acts of kindness. It is a choice. It is a choice to look at somebody who's not so nice and to simply be kind, to love them unconditionally. And we kind of have to add that word because you may not, love is really a two-way street and you may not be able to have that. But if you put in love unconditionally, you can. In other words, I love you. I don't care what you do. My heart is gonna be one that hopes for your best, that cares for you and wants you to have everything you can have. It's that Jesus kind of love. It's the same kind of love we've experienced. And we've all encountered love. Like, you love kittens, right? No, I don't like kittens, but I like puppies. We all know how to love something. You don't just take love. That's consuming. You don't just feel love. That's an emotion, right? It's when you grab your dog's ears and you go, I love you, and he's like, oh. That's an act of love. When you do that to your spouse, grab their ears and go, it's an act of love. When you look at a neighbor who's just having a bad day and you can just get all cranky, that's an act of love. When you walk across the street when something's wrong to help make it right, that's an act of love. It's really hard to have a war with only one party in it. We know how to love. We know how to be kind. We may struggle a little with forgiving, but I promise you, if you'll practice it, you'll get set free. You know how great it is to look at somebody who's just done you wrong and go, you owe me nothing. It actually lets you move on. I always tell couples when they face, um, you know, somebody cheats, something goes wrong, and they're like trying to figure out whether to stay together, and I always say to the person who's been offended, listen to me, whether you guys stay together or you break up is your business, but you had better forgive them. You had better forgive them because if you don't find a way to say, you messed up, I'm gonna be okay with that, you owe me nothing, I've been forgiven, I can extend that forgiveness to you, then you will carry bitterness your entire life. You have to be able to forgive. So this week's recipe, right, is really more about instructions. 
It's the how to and what to do with this peace that we have and this grace, this ability to stand up under fire and this cool relationship that we have with God. How do I extend that? How do I leverage that in a bitter situation? And it's about the science and the how to mix that up. And that would be be kind and love and forgive. So as we're kind of wrapping this up this morning, what I guess I want to say is this. God loves you. Like he really loves you. And he loves you whether you're a schmo or not a schmo. He loves you whether you have a relationship with him or whether you don't. And more than anything, I hope that you can find freedom from bitterness. I've had some real junk happen in my life. And sadly, a lot of it's happened in the church. For those of you who are maybe watching a video because like you don't want to go to church, you're safe here because we're not going to do that stuff that's been done to us. And I've had it done in communities. I've done it in relationships. It has absolutely destroyed my belief in human beings. But my relationship with God began to restore that. And his grace and his peace have allowed me to have a better life. I really don't want anybody else to have to suffer under bitterness. Boy, these challenges are gonna keep coming. What we wanna do is become master bakers, right? Just the people who are so skilled at this that we can immediately detect the bitterness and begin to deal with it, even if it takes us a while to work through it and to trust God to help us with that whole process. So if you're like me, and this morning you could use a little help, what I wanna ask you to do is this. I just want you to just slip your hand in the air. And then I just wanna pray for me, because boy, I need it, and pray for you. Anybody need a little help with some bitterness? Cool. Father, I just pray that, um, that I didn't realize I still had roots of, I wonder if you showed me, God, this morning that I have roots of this little unforgiveness and bitterness towards this person uh, just to make this all the more real for me. But I would pray this, God, that you'd work in my forgiveness category because if, if I'm like, oh, they get theirs, then that means I think they owe something and they don't owe you anything and they, that means they certainly don't owe me anything. Father, I pray you help all, everybody who slipped their hands in the air. So first, I was gonna ask you with your spirit to give us grace to stand up and live through this and peace so we'll stay calm. And then two would be this, God. Um, I just pray that you would help us this week as we take on this challenge to be kind, to love, and to forgive to maybe look through your eyes at like how you're looking at that person and what you're hoping for them. And even if we can't reconcile because they don't want to, if we can't begin to fix this yet, we'll take the steps we can take so we can have a better, a, a better, bitter free life, a bitter free life. It's all fun that, that we have a kitchen and, and we get to have fun and we get to do neat word pictures. kind of the way you taught. But in this very sincere spiritual moment, for everybody who slipped their hand in the air, God, I pray that you would give them everything they need to find freedom. Thanks. All right. So we're getting ready to close up the kitchen for episode two. Um, I really hope that you'll join me for episode three next week, which is Dare to Use the Bitter. We're gonna actually talk about like, why would anybody have ever used these ingredients? But we're going to show you a couple of very unique things in them. And I promise you, you need anybody you know who might be dealing with this, 
bring them next week because we are going to have the coolest kitchen experience that will so illustrate for all of us what we can have versus maybe what we do have at times. So I hope you'll join us next week, episode three, which is Dare to Use That Bitter Ingredient. Um, until then, uh, we have a whole week. Um, as you know, a lot of us are gonna be on the road and this and that. And the question is, what next step do you take? Well, if you slipped your hand in the air, you prayed with me, right? right? I encourage you to personalize that prayer, to, to fill in a name on that prayer and say, God, help me love X, help me deal with X, help me forgive X for Y to really embrace that and personalize it. If you're still got questions, if you're still like, uh, I really like to, I really wish somebody to pray with me or just to talk with a little bit more about this, we have a squad for this entire um, series uh, who are wearing Here to Help shirts. A couple of them will be down here front. Some will be in the living room, which is the other side of that wall. If you wanna talk to somebody, just wanna meet a friend or you need to talk to them about anything you've heard today or maybe about starting a relationship with God, go find them. They are here to help. They are smart people. They are not there to pray. We don't, we don't do sales pitches, nothing. We are here to help you however you need it. So just uh, don't rush out the door. If you got a question or want somebody to pray to you, man, that would be our greatest privilege to, to go on the spiritual journey with you. Got it? Good? All right, cool. Well, I hope you have a really, really, really great week. Don't forget to invite a bunch of misfits to the uh, kitchen of misfit toys for next week. Fill up. Set people free. Make your desire for everybody to have the thing that you have. All right, good? All right, see you next week.